Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. And it is the Ball Report with Josh Ward. I'm Dave Hooker. Uh, we want to go ahead and let you know that if you hit the subscribe button right now, Brew McCoy will be eligible. <laughs> I got it figured out, Josh. How's that? Don't make promises you can't keep. Uh, uh, reportedly, that might have happened in L.A., and that's not gone over well in Knoxville. Yeah, click on the uh, subscribe and like button if you like Josh, if you like me, if you'd like us to be a part of your viewing pleasure from week to week we are joined by josh each week brought to you by zool beer company the official craft beer of off the hook sports award winning worldwide type of beer i mean they're winning awards that are given out in the entire globe it's pretty incredible and a great panoramic view downtown to hang out josh's brew mccoy thing uh just uh kind of keeps rolling on and I mean, short of him showing up as Jerry Rice, I don't know that anybody could live up to expectations. Just your thoughts on the whole situation, the way it's unfolded. It's been bizarre. Yeah, you know, that's happened in the past, too, where the expectations then rise as the wait continues with previous players. I do really think that Brew McCoy is an important piece of this offense. I say that in the present tense because he is practicing with the team and he has been running with the ones and I think has gotten better as the month of August has gone along and shown why Tennessee brought him in. That's not to say that he's the number one receiver. That's Cedric Tillman, but Tennessee is having to replace Valus Jones and Javante Payton and other players will have a chance to step up. But I think there's more confidence in brew than most of the other wide receivers right now. So he was brought in for a reason. And I think that's been shown on the field, but will he be able to show up and play against ball state or even Pitt? You know, Dave, it's just it's difficult to say. You can throw out guesses if you want to, but that's really, I think, all it is. When we're talking about an NCAA case and Tennessee fans have enough prior cases to point to to say, yeah, we just don't know. So a week to go, Tennessee's coaches, I think, are obviously hoping to have him out there and preparing as if he could be. But you get close to a point where if you if you don't know that you're going to have him, you have to start planning for other players to go out there and play. Well, and you were the first to bring it up. It's been, I guess, three weeks ago now that it was towards the beginning of preseason camp. Once you get into game week, things change. Well, this is recording on Thursday, depending on when you're watching. But game week essentially starts on Friday because of a Thursday night game. I mean, you got to put a game plan in place if they haven't started already. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, that's that's part of the frustration, I'm sure, is that preparation is – is going one direction and this waiting game is continuing over here with brew McCoy. And it, you know, something you deal with, I'm sure it's more administrative in terms of trying to get things figured out, but conversations are still happening. It, it takes time. And uh, that may sound like a minor detail, but I think to coaches, it becomes a pretty big headache to have to deal with it. So, uh, but that, but there's you know nothing else you can really say because your know, fans are wondering, well, when's this going to happen? And there is no answer to that question. And brew McCoy, of course, is wondering, when is this going to get figured out? And you know, he, he may be able to give get some kind of idea behind the scenes, but that's all it is because in, until you get that 
official decision, whatever it is. Okay, you can play next Thursday or, you know what, we're going to sit you for a game or two. Uh, you just continue to wait. And with Aubrey Solomon, it was right up until the deadline. And I remember the, the stories of how stressful that was for him and his family trying to figure out what was going to happen. And then Kate May's year was different already because it was a COVID year and it was SEC-only schedule and it was a conference issue, not a national issue. And then Byron Young last year had to be really frustrating. But And remember, on the field, there was an effect. Byron, he was transferring to Tennessee, and they were trying to get him going within the defense. Well, he didn't get to play those first couple of games, so by game number three, he's out there, but still need to get warmed up. Dave Brew hasn't played a, a football game in roughly 20 months. He didn't play last year, so it's been a long time since he's played. So you want to have him for Pitt? You want to have him for Ball State so he can get some real game reps, in my opinion. doesn't mean he can't help in game two if he has to sit game one, but the more he can play, the better it will be to – to get him ramped up and and going in this offense. Yeah, I, I mean, entering game week, which Josh and I define by six days out of the, of the game, I th- think you do, at least I do. But entering game week, so to speak, um, if, if they don't know anything, I would imagine the package is going to be somewhat limited for two reasons. One, because maybe he hasn't seen as many first-team reps because they didn't know if he'd be eligible. And two, just like you mentioned, he hadn't played a lot of ball. Uh, if it's limited, that that's fine. But you would like for it to be unlimited by at least the Florida game. For sure, yeah. Um, because I, I still would expect you're going to have to score some points in that game. You might have to against Pitt in week two. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would think that they limit some things because somebody else will be preparing to start. I do still think that it helps that it's Ball State. So if you get word on... Monday or Tuesday of next week, so just a couple days before the game. The fact that through most of August, Brew has been practicing and running with the first team, that it would be easy to get him out there. And that's a game where you plan to play a lot of guys. So it's a game where guys that run third team in practice at camp, you still hope to get some reps within the game. So if something happens next week and they do get determination that Brew is allowed to play in game number one, he'll play in game number one. Start, I don't know. I don't think that matters. But getting him out there and having him play as soon as possible will help him, will help this offense, will help Hendon Hooker because you have a senior quarterback out there that has been working on establishing connection with a newcomer in McCoy and younger players who are emerging. You have some, some freshmen you're trying to get in the mix. So I think going into game number one, Cedric Tillman, Jacob Warren, Princeton Fant, running backs, uh, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, this is still a, a real breakout opportunity for him. That's probably where the conversation has to start. Yeah, I, I want to get your thoughts on Southern California's announcement that they even did a graphic and a, a video uh, or a visual element and tweeted out and. I've I've covered a lot of these things. I know the transfer rule is very different, but I can tell you that with junior college players or even going way back, Prop 48 players, which you might not even remember, but I, I can tell you that there were, there were eligibility issues in camp oftentimes. Calling a school, like a junior college school, was, was something that I attempted early on and got zero response because they would just say it was up to the NCAA. As far as Southern California and the way they responded, I came away with, he doth protest too much. What did you make of Southern California's response, USC's response to what they've done in the Brew McCoy situation? Well, I found this whole thing to be 
odd and complicated for sure. Uh, I don't. I have not viewed this as simple as you just you just fax over a sheet of paper and they sign it and they send it back. I think that's kind of how this is being viewed. The the uh, comparison I've made, Dave, is this is not when you're in high school and you have an early dismissal form and you take it to the secretary and she just signs it and you get to go to your dentist appointment. It's it's a little more complicated than that. So with this NPO form, non-participation opportunity form, um, I, I, I look at it as, okay, you have all these bullet points. Yes, the AD signs it, but there's no way that he's the one that's making the ultimate decision of whether this can be signed because you've had this legal battle with Brew McCoy. You wonder what can happen in the future. You don't know there. Uh, you do have to turn it into the NCAA. I imagine you want it to be as accurate as possible. And somebody that you've had, you've been in litigation with previously, it becomes a lot more complicated in that case. The tweet with the graphic with the statement, they at least said, hey, we're good with him playing at Tennessee because some schools, Tennessee in the past, not with this regime, but with previous, would not have gone that far. You remember cases with players like uh, Bryce Brown when he wanted to go to Kansas State? They wouldn't even release him. They wouldn't let him go on scholarship at Kansas State and were, were very serious about it. Uh, the late Aaron Douglas, I, I thought was a tragic situation because I thought what Derek Dooley did was awful. So... In those situations, they wouldn't even release him to go somewhere else on scholarship. Uh, so uh, could USC have handled this better? My guess is maybe verbally in, in communication, but I, you know, we're also kind of going off what we hear, not what we know was said between the two parties. So I think I think it's complicated. I think ultimately the NCAA should say, okay, USC's cool with him playing. He did sit out last year, and that was because of a suspension, but he sat out last year. He's transferred to Tennessee Academic, academically, if he's good to go, I think the NCAA should clear Brew McCoy to play in this transfer era that we're in. We've seen other players transfer multiple times and be able to play. All cases are not the same, especially to the NCAA. But uh, I think USC putting out a statement as maybe odd as it looked with a, a graphic connected to it, publicly endorsing him playing elsewhere, I think the NCAA should say, okay, he can play elsewhere. Well, <clears throat> my co-host on Off-Tech Sports Demand, LaFrada, thought it was worded very specifically as to yes. not give a time. Okay, so you agree it was worded. There was no real time frame given of when they filled it out. So, yes, it's not. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. When I say yes, I thought it was worded specifically when they, um, when USC statement said that they have responded promptly and accurately. I thought that was very key because that could also mean everything in that form that Tennessee's asking us to sign would not be accurate and that would be the issue and uh, just to be clear if I'm USC's AD or flip the situation Dave if I'm Danny White at Tennessee and we have a player who has left and we are willing to help that player be be ready to play right away but my compliance office and or legal counsel says hey everything in that form is not accurate you should not sign it then I would not sign it so I would I wouldn't I wouldn't go against advice if that's what USC's AD is receiving to not sign it so that I can help another school and a former player who previously sued us. I just you know, I just wouldn't do that. So, again, flip the script. If a player had left Tennessee and there had been some real issues behind the scenes and Tennessee was asked to sign a form that Tennessee's lawyer said don't sign, I don't think fans would tell Danny White to sign it. No, I, and I definitely see your point there. Um, 
my, I would like to ultimately know where the fault lies because it is not like a permission slip agreed, but there will be a $2 million house sold in Knoxville today that took less time than this did. So there's, there has to be a happy medium. If you had a guess, where does the fault lie? NCAA, Tennessee didn't provide whatever they needed. Or USC didn't provide whatever. I mean, where do you see the broken chain link? Well, because um, I think the fault lies with the NCAA because they make right. these cases so complicated. I I think both schools should look out and for their their own best interests. I think Tennessee should look out for Brew McCoy because he plays for Tennessee now. Uh, USC doesn't owe Brew McCoy anything, from what I can tell. So. To, again, to be clear, I think Bruce should be cleared to play based on all the knowledge that I have, but I think he should be cleared to play by the NCAA. I don't think everything should be up to USC to make that happen, and I think Tennessee should do everything that it can, and that is try to get USC to sign a form and try to convince the NCAA to go ahead and, and sign off on him playing, and that's the route that Tennessee should be aggressive in trying to get him to play, but... Uh, Rarely do I think uh, a school owes the former player who left anything uh, other than helping to the helping to the best that they can without putting themselves at any kind of risk. That, that's the issue. Like comparing this to other transfers, well, rarely have we seen the, the player who's transferring sue his former school. You know, like like Justin Powell is one of the comparisons recently because he was just cleared to play at Washington state and he had just left Tennessee. Justin Powell never sued Tennessee. There's, there's no issue there between the two sides. There was a clear issue between Brew McCoy and USC. So that that's not taking a side, but USC is going to stand up for itself before it helps the other party that it suspended and then sued the school. Right. So, you know, if, if a player leaves Tennessee, I'll just, I'll just I'm, I'm flipping the script for a reason. If a player leaves Tennessee and that player had sued Tennessee previously, fans would not be saying, hey, do everything you can to help that player. So Tennessee fans are standing up for Brew McCoy and should, and Tennessee standing up for Brew and should, but USC is going to make sure that it it takes care of itself, and that's what I would expect as well. Yeah, and you answered what I would have answered when it boils down to it, the NCAA. So, you know, they recently had, <clears throat> in June, I believe, 40 layoffs. And I don't know where how the money doesn't ever get to the NCAA office because there's a lot of it, but it doesn't seem to. <laughs> and they just seem to yeah. be understaffed 20 years ago and in 2022. Um, that, to me, is just incredibly befuddling that it hasn't gotten better. That, that, that to me, is, is the question mark. I mean, I... I, I, I literally this conversation is 20 years old Josh it's bizarre well that's why you continue to have stories and reports of what could be changing in the future with at least college football breaking away and doing its own thing maybe under the college football playoff um, umbrella I don't know that they're going to make the right choices in the future but this connection between at least college football and the NCAA I think it's going to break up in the future so yeah it's just a mess and and by the way you have so many athletes out there. There's not only the Brew McCoy case out there. Uh, LSU's been voicing its public complaints about uh, it's running back John Emery, and that, that's an internal thing. He's not a transfer. It's, it's an academic clearance. But uh, you, you do have more cases to deal with. What what I think Tennessee hopes will help is that you have Donnie Plowman, a chancellor who is very respected both within the SEC 
and in the NCAA office, and maybe that will help. And Danny White and an administration that I think is really respected as well. So those those connections, you know, I think ultimately will have a chance to help Tennessee. And my guess is that this gets resolved, but I can't sit there and guarantee that it does by week one or even in even week two. Everybody's guessing, and that's that's the frustration is that it's it's been an annual conversation about getting a player cleared. And every case has been a little bit different, but this is an important player for Tennessee within the offense. That's been made pretty clear by Tennessee's head coach. I was told by somebody that would know that uh, Brew McCoy might be the most talented player on Tennessee's roster right now, regardless of position. Wow, that's a statement. I mean, he has yeah. – uh, that, that is a statement. I mean, that's yeah, based yeah, off, yeah. Based off high school, but just – Yeah. Um, I think there's I think there's really high upside – for what he could do considering he had a hip procedure in the spring rehab part of the summer hasn't played in a long time and day one didn't look all that good and since then has looked a whole lot better so that would tell me he has a chance to keep getting better and that's something Tennessee would love to see now if he has a big year my guess is that you'd probably like to go ahead and make a jump to the NFL he's four years out of high school as a former top 10 overall prospect uh, there's some really talented players on this team. Some of them are really young if we talk about high upside potential. But for this year's team, the 2022 team, with the chance to make the biggest impact, yeah, I'd say I'd say Bruce still ranks pretty high. We, on uh, on Josh and Swain, we did our our top 10 players on offense and on defense, and I had I had Brew right there in the, the middle of the pack on offense, and that was before he had stepped foot on the practice field. So room to grow for sure for him. Maybe instead of the hashtag free Brew McCoy, we should go with the hashtag of keep Brew McCoy because if he plays a limited work with me, you're already smiling. Oh, no. Oh, no. If he plays a limited amount, then Tennessee can keep him for another year when they won't have Cedric Tillman. They'll be breaking in a new quarterback. So, hashtag. Are you saying Tennessee's slow playing this? So he, he plays. Yes. Stop. He has his breakout game against Alabama. 200 yards, but it's not enough game tape for the Mel Coppers of the world to love him. How about that? Um, I'll I'll check with my sources on that, but I'll <laughs> I'll guess I'll get some pushback on it. Uh, yeah. um, that's that's my guess. I, I will say my favorite conspiracy has been that uh, Pitt Pitt agreed to not take issue with Jordan Addison and USC if USC would complicate things for Brew McCoy because Tennessee's going to play Pitt this season in week two. Wow. I There's just, no I, way that's true, but I did. I, I genuinely appreciated the conspiracy on that one. Yes, uh, that that's good stuff. Uh, I had trouble following that one. He's Josh Ward of the Sports <laughs> Animal. It's that, college football, Dave. It's a, it's, a, it's a wild, complicated, frustrating, and beautiful sport. Yeah, and it's here, which is cool. Thankfully. Thankfully. So for Josh, I'm Dave Hooker again, Zool Beer Company. Zool Beer Company is where you need to go for just fantastic worldwide award-winning beer and a panoramic view of downtown. So he's Josh Ward. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.